The Video Insiders is the show that makes sense of all that is happening in the world of online video, as seen through the eyes of a second-generation Kodak nerd and a marketing guy who knows what iframes and macro blocks are. And here are your hosts, Mark Donegan and Dror Gill. So, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Video Insiders. I'm Dror Gill and with me, as always, very close to me, but also 5,000 miles away, Uh, my co-host Mark Donegan hey Mark hey drawer 5,000 miles boy it'll be great when we can uh, come back together again finally meet in person which will be soon yeah I feel it will be very soon very soon sure yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, today we have a really exciting show because we're talking about uh, a young startup very interesting company actually an amazing company and what they do is really groundbreaking because you They take your uh, movie or TV show and they do automatic dubbing. So the actors that you have, the original actors in their own voice are now speaking a different language. The company is called Deep Dove. And to tell us all about it, we've invited their CMO, um, Oz Krakowski. Hi, Oz, and welcome to the Video Insiders. Hello, hello, everyone. And thank you, Dror and, and Mark, for inviting me. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And, uh, you know, Oz, I mean, we, we just have to kick this off. You got to tell us the story of Deep Dub. But for the listeners, you have to go to the website, go to deepdub.ai and watch the video. It is jaw-dropping. This is one of those demos where, you know, you, you hear it and you think, oh, okay, well, all right, that sounds interesting. I can see value. And then you see it and listen and you're going, okay. How did they do that? And now, let's see how DeepDub is making me speak in French or Spanish and without even an accent. Et maintenant, voyons comment DeepDub me fait parler français ou espagnol et surtout sans accent. Siempre me interesa escucharme en idiomas que yo no hablo, incluso sin acento. So, tell us about the roots of the company. You know, how, how did you come to exist? How did you come to develop the technology? You know, where did it all begin? So, yeah, uh, DeepDub... is a, a young startup. Uh, the company was founded in 2019. It was founded by brothers Ophir and Nir. I joined a little later. But, but you're also their brother. I am the third one, correct. So Ophir is my, uh, my elder and uh, Nir is the younger. And I am the sandwich, as we, we, we say in Hebrew. Yeah, the sandwich <laughs> kid, as we call it here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. And yeah, and I joined uh, in about October 2020. Uh, right after I closed my, uh, my previous startup, which was in a totally different domain. Yeah, the company basically deep dub. Maybe I'll, I'll say first what we do. All right, I'll give you a, a, the elevator pitch uh, you know, in, a, in a couple of sentences. So yeah, sure. What we develop is a platform alternative to the traditional dubbing houses. And the idea is that we make extensive use of, of um, AI and deep learning technologies that allow us to do things in a different way. The call to fame is the idea of transferring the voice style and, and attributes of the characters from one language into the target languages. So we don't necessarily see ourselves as a technology company, although we extensively use technology, but we see ourselves as a platform company that is catering to specific uh, you know, market needs, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it. So the company basically started, uh, as I said, it was founded by Ophir and Nier back in 2019. Uh, and that was uh, after they spent maybe two years trying to see how they can harness the power of, of deep learning 
into uh, bringing benefits to, to consumers. Um, and I think at the end of the day, what they realized is that uh, they have an idea that really can disrupt the entertainment market and bring a new level of experience. Uh, they started checking around, talking to different you know, uh, people in the industry and got super positive responses. And, and this is basically when, how and when Deep Dub was started. Both of you and here bring you know, extensive background in technology, in, in deep learning, AI. Yeah, Ophir managed uh, you know, the technology office of, in, in the Israeli Air Force. And, and Nier was a, a deputy director in the uh, Shin Bet, which is you know, the equivalent to the FBI in Israel, and, and pretty much founded the, the cyber unit over there. So very much extensive uh, you know, technology background. And I think that's the, you know, going back to the brothers side of things, uh, whereas Nier comes with you know, technologists' uh, background and Ophir comes with the, the management background. And I bring here into the table the, the marketing aspects of, of everything. So we're pretty much, we complement each other in, in so many ways, not to mention the fact that the company is in Israel and I'm actually based in the US, which also makes me closer to a lot of the, uh, to our customers. So it's amazing. Your, your parents created uh, three kids, you know, one with management skills, one with technical skills, and one with marketing skills. So <laughs> they can form a startup, you know, they're self-contained. That's really amazing. <laughs> well, you know, we would all argue probably that we all have share some of those other skills as well, to some extent. But the idea that we can all go together into a company and collaborate and bring different aspects of our background into the table. I think that's uh, pretty remarkable and uh, it works great for us so far. So how is it to work with your brothers in, in a startup uh, uh, together closely? Um, you know, sometimes people say family and business don't mix well. Um, others think that, you know, with a strong family connection, you can make the business connection between the people who need to work together even stronger because of that background. So well, where are you on these two sides of the spectrum? There's a, a funny story attached to it. So back in October, I think it was October 2019, before COVID and, and all, with my previous startup, which was uh, in the healthcare market, I was attending a conference in Las Vegas. And um, I knew uh, someone that is a, I would say, a rather well-known investor in, the, uh, in, in Israel. And uh, we, we had a chance to talk quite a bit. And I told him that my brothers, my two brothers are starting a, a startup. And he's like, you know, it's a big mistake. It's, it's going to be big. <laughs> you should tell them not to do it together. This is a big mistake. Don't do Don't it. Don't mix family and, and business. And uh, lo and behold, a year after I joined them. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, you said it's, it's a big mistake, but if they go and make it, man, I, I should be yeah. there, you know, and straight things out. I might as well be in yeah. the middle of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a really funny story. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you take a company and you try to, you don't think small. I mean, we really, in our company, we don't think small. In Deep Dub, we, we think big. And, and the idea is that at the end of the day, we have to, uh, always understand that you know everyone's got a role. Not a single person can do everyone's job. And and in order to be able to accomplish things, you have to separate responsibilities. You have to have a a solid level of trust and confidence that other that the other 
people that you're working with are able to accomplish the, the task at hand. Um, and I think at the end of the day, the level of trust that we have is something that is very, very difficult, if at all, is achievable with, with someone that you, you hire. So yes, it's, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not a, a roses. There are difficult times, there are arguments. Uh, but at the end of the day, as long as with, as with every type of, or every topic that we have on the table, we understand that it is in the domain of one of us or, you know, someone in the, in the company, then, you know, they will have the say. We can all share our opinion, but at the end of the day, someone needs to take a decision. So I think trust and confidence of the abilities of the other side are, are key to any business, especially if it's a, you know, a continent, uh, you know, a world apart, and especially if it's a, if it's family. Interesting. So, you know, you obviously have initially targeted the media and entertainment, um, use case. And, uh, it seems like, you know, that that's a great place to start. Did you develop this in light of a need that you identified being able to localize all this great content into multiple languages and, and, um, you know, it makes the content that much more monetizable and valuable, of course, because, you know, uh, more people can view it, you know, how did you identify that market and what, what other markets are you targeting or looking at? So if you're an entrepreneur and thinking of an idea, uh, and you're looking for some, you know, some guidance or mentorship. One of the first things you'll hear is you need to focus. You know, just focus. What's what's your MVP? What's the thing that will bring the most value to your customers? For us, it was really looking at the market. You know, let's start from the technology. All right, we have the ability to to transfer the style, but how do we do this responsibly? Uh, on one hand, and on the other hand. How do we bring the most value or where can we bring the most value? Uh, it was pretty clear to us pretty much from, from early days that, um, that we don't want to expose the technology for abuse. Meaning uh, we've, we see a lot of deep fakes and deep fakes is basically making someone say something in their own voice that they've never said before. They may not be even uh, among the living and, and it's not with their permission. You know, one of the most famous fakes recently is the Tom Cruise videos that came up uh, on TikTok. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with it. We've seen, you know, uh, Obama in the past and there is more and more nowadays beyond the fact that they're, you know, by definition fakes, they're also lower in quality in most cases. They don't serve a purpose that is monetizable. So when we look at it from a pure uh, technology play, we're, we're like, that's not, that's not the play we want to play. What is the most difficult part or the most, the holy grail of, of AI, uh, especially AI voices, if I look at the AI voices in, in general, and I think that holy grail would be to take a film and, and dub it with AI because we are very forgiving when we see content that we don't expect to be of high quality. And that even applies to, uh, you know, to uh, um, a YouTube content, for example. If you see something on, on YouTube or on, on TikTok or on Instagram, you don't expect it to be super high quality. And, and it's okay if there's a glitch or if there's a, an error or if, you know, it doesn't 
perfectly work, you know, sometimes it's pure entertainment and it serves the few seconds or a couple of minutes that you see, that you hear or see or watch it here and there and it's good. But when you go and watch something on Netflix, on IMAX, on, in theater, there's zero forgiveness. Like you would see something that, that doesn't seem right uh, in terms of voices, you know, the story, the acting, whatever. You go out, you write a report and then less people go and see that, that content. Uh, it's very, very, you know, it's very, very straightforward. And we are aiming there. So the idea for us is let's focus on the holy grail, the IMAX, the cinematic experience. And let's try to figure out, break it down into pieces, and figure out what we need to do in order to get there. And this is basically what DeepDub does. So this really brings us to the technology because you said you are not, or you do not see yourselves as a technology company, but in order to solve this holy grail of uh, doing dubbing for the most uh, professional content, the most watched content uh, in the entertainment industry, uh, you need to develop uh, very good technology. So is this something that you've built from scratch or um, taken some uh, components that already exist? Because we know that there are available libraries that do all kinds of stuff. So um, did you take some things that, are, uh, that already exist and added some of your own uh, secret sauce? Or is this all development that was done from scratch in your labs? Um, yeah, great questions. So uh, we have some parts that are based on... Um, academic research or other research that's available to everyone but there is a lot of secret sauce there is a lot of things that we do differently and and by all means do better we invest a lot in research we have a large research team and we invest a lot in it um, and 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 we see the results um, but it's not only the deep learning networks and and the AI and the machine learning that we are uh, disrupting here, but we're, it's also the level of automation that we bring into the table, the level of, of the tools that we bring with it that allow us to work in a pipeline that is much more efficient uh, compared to how the industry, specifically in the world of dubbing, works. Uh, it's a platform that we take the files from our customers and we, are, we run them through the pipeline and you get them at the end fully dubbed. So run us through the production pipeline. I mean, is it like a, a software that you put your file in, your movie, and out the other end comes a, a new version of the movie with, dubbed in a different language with, with the original actors? Or is it more like a service where the content producers send you the, uh, the movie and then you have to do some, uh, some work uh, in, in your labs that is custom for uh, each piece of content and then after a while you you return to them uh, the, the finished piece yeah it's more like a service at the end of the day uh, the platform basically the, the pipeline starts with us receiving the files from our customers technology itself today alone is not capable to do the same things that we're targeting to do so it's not fully automatic, right? There, there is manual intervention still. It's not fully technology, I would say. Okay, I would, I would state it this way. Um, it, which means that we have people in, in the process that check the results and provide additional iterations to improve the results further. Um, and the idea is, again, if you put ahead, uh, you know, in front of you, again, the, the target that we have, which is a cinematic experience of a, you know, a highest quality possible, then 
we need to spend a lot of effort on you know on the translation on the adaptation on on the dubbing uh, and every type every step in the process runs through someone that is a language expert and can send the the outcome back to the machine to improve on specific points or specific issues that were identified in order to improve them so yeah it's not a fully machine automated but it is uh, tuned to the needs of the specific market that we're uh, uh, we're targeting so for those of us who aren't you know, really familiar with the whole dubbing process. Could you walk through at a high level, like how is it done today without your solution? And then what does that look like uh, with deep dub? So today, let's say you have, let's say you're a studio and you have a, you have a film at your hands and uh, you're, you want to dub it. Um, and, and for the sake of, you know, to make the discussion a little bit easier, we'll refer to content that is already out, that is already done with the original production or the production of the original language. Uh, and let's say now you just want to add another dubbing track in a specific language. The studios, the, the owners of the content would have to contract a dubbing studio, a dubbing house. Based on the content, the dubbing house will start a full dubbing production that starts with what is called a pre-casting period. In the pre-casting period, you basically look for voice actors. You look for the, the people that will play the voices in, in, for the characters. This is something that is uh, very interesting uh, and, and definitely applies towards one of the benefits that we bring onto the table. Think of, uh, of, of those voice actors. If you have you know, a film or a TV series that has 30 characters, which is not out of the ordinary. Most films have 15 plus uh, characters. Even, you know, even that uh, person in the dream that came out for a couple of words is a different voice. So um, uh, in that pre-casting period, you have to allocate voice actors and you have to create a timeline of each of them making their way to the studio to record their lines. Um, which means that it becomes a complex scheduling project. You know, take a, take a, a TV series that may have every episode may have 30 to, to, to 40 characters. It becomes a, quite a, a challenging project. Not to mention um, some regions, they already have specific voice actors that are recognized with a specific talent. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, the person that in, in Germany, uh, people don't really know the original voice of Bruce Willis because it's always been the same person. But that person, you know, for, I would say, for uh, job-related reasons, is not doing only Bruce Willis. He probably has several other people, several other uh, actors that he plays the voice for them. And so when I uh, approach that voice actor... Uh, it may not be available tomorrow to work for work. It may only be available, you know, in a couple of months from now. So my whole production has to wait. So there are uh, multiple, you know, challenges in that all casting period. Now, once I finish the casting period, um, there is also a process of taking the content and translating it. And it's important to explain that translating a script is not exactly a Google Translate or even not a standard translation because the translation is not only the literal translation, we have a process of adaptation. So we take it through the translation, but now we need to adapt 
the output to the target language. Yeah, to the culture and all of that. Exactly. Idioms, jokes, different phrases that don't make sense. Uh, and, and on top of that, you need to adapt it to the lip sync. And that's another level that exists only in dubbing. Whereas sometimes you would literally change the words and replace them with maybe a grunt or something because it looks better. Mm. It, it, it fits the, the facial movements better. The lip movements. Yeah. Exactly. Incredible. Exactly. So, so the adaptation is also something that uh, is a, a key uh, step for, the, for a successful uh, dubbing process. Once you completed that and you realize you know, what you're going to do, then you bring in the, the voice actor. Sometimes those you know, steps are not so super clear cut. You know, they might be mixed. You, know, you bring the voice actor and they do something and they realize you need to create a different adaptation. Sometimes the adaptation for jokes is, is a massive work. You know, think of a comedy, a comedy where you have jokes, maybe even a slapstick one. You know, it could be a very tedious work to replace all the jokes so that they still make sense. And, um, and to some extent, this is also a kind of a creative process because it's very subjective. You know, I might think to do it this way and you might think to do it a different way. So once the dubbing uh, is done, meaning... Uh, voice actors recorded their voice track. The last step in the, in the process is basically to mix everything back with the, vo- the music and effects and everything. So that's pretty much the traditional way of doing it. In our case, except for the pre-casting period that we don't need, uh, because all of our voices are always accessible, and it doesn't matter to us if it's three voices or 30, because they're all machine anyway. So uh, we, we do exactly the same steps only we use te- a lot of technology in the process so the only thing that we have that doesn't exist in the traditional way is the modeling so we we need to model the voices of the characters which means that we we capture data from the content that we received um, and we we basically accumulate the time that uh, you know the uh, major character has spoken throughout the content and we feed that into the machine, into the deep learning machine, basically, to create a model that allows us now to generate a voice with the same voice style and same attributes in a different language. So they don't need to record something specifically for you. You take it from the audio that's already in the program. Generally, yes. Um, sometimes there's not, not enough content. Um, when, you, when you look at, the, at, a, at a full film, sometimes they're not enough, and if there is a way, then we would ask them you know, to record. If there is a way, sometimes there's no way to do it. You know? it's like you... mm. So maybe you ask them for a few more films or auditions of the same actor. Uh, that's one way, exactly. Uh, but again, not every character in the content requires the voice to be replicated or you know, to transfer their voice to the, to the target language. And in that case, we don't even do uh, the model. Uh, we just use bank voices that we own and we can use them uh, um, as needed. And, and then we have, you know, technically you can say, okay, we have a casting period here that takes, you know, a few minutes where we choose voices from our bank that uh, rather match the original voice. But, you know, think of the bartender that has a couple of words. Uh, you know, we don't really need to replicate their voice. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, the main characters, it makes it, you know, it, it sounds, we actually prefer to, to always 
replicate the voice if possible. It, it improves the authenticity of the, of the outcome uh, tremendously. Yeah, sure. Sure. So how can technology translate the jokes? Technology generally can't. You have to teach it. Today, for example, if you, if you go to Google, uh, Google Translate and you write, hold your horses, and you try to translate it to, into French, Google Translate handles it correctly. Google Translate will give you a result that translates back into calm down. Calmez-vous, calmez-vous, yeah, which is yeah. calm down. Slow it's, down, yeah. Slow down, right, or calm down, right? It's not, it's not yeah. a, it's not yeah, a yeah. you know, uh, hold your, a literal translation of hold your horses. What we do in the process, we do a similar process where we teach the machine, you know, these are idioms, you know, so next time the machine sees something like this, it will improve or, or accelerate the process. It doesn't mean that we're not going to check it. We're still going to check it to make sure that the, the outcome is nothing but, you know, superb. But, uh, but it makes the effort, uh, um, you know, makes the work more efficient. And so what's the strongest value prop? You know, is it, is it that you're able to take a, I don't know, a nine month, you know, dub project and make it 90 days? Is it cost? Is, is it all of that? Um, I would say three pillars, um, in a new level of, uh, experience. So innovative experience, faster turnaround time and improved cost structure. But, you know, there are also additional smaller ones that are generated by the fact that we use technology. Sure, sure. And, and so can you give some targets, you know, like, for example, do you decrease cost by 50%, decrease the time by, you know, 50% or is it more, is it less? Um, yeah, so for that, for that, you need to understand the, the, where the industry stands at this point. So there is a super high dependency in the industry, in the, in the traditional industry, uh, on first the region. The variance is hundreds of percent between one region to a, between one dubbing into one language to dubbing to another language. Okay, uh, French and German being the highest, you know, costing uh, regions in the world right now, and uh, there is high dependency on the number of voices you need in the con you you have in the content. Uh, so what we do is we we eliminate all of those, uh, and we're about. Again, depending on many variants, but we are about between 60 to 30 percent, even sometimes even 30 percent, the cost of a, a traditional dubbing. Wow. That's, that's significant. And, and just for, again, point of reference, because, you know, I don't, I don't know anything. Like, what does a traditional, like to do it the current way, what does a dubbing project cost, you know, for just kind of your average, again, air quotes, um, you know, movie or, or episodic content what does that cost I'll, I'll just leave you with this you know netflix spends millions of dollars on, on, on dubbing without exaggerating um you think of you know a buy netflix movie or you know a um, only on netflix movie that comes out with with eight different languages they are easily spending several millions of dollars only on dubbing wow that's a lot so it seems that you know with such amazing uh, technology and very easy to to prove um, cost saving time saving and also you get uh, uh, the dubbing tracks in in the original uh, characters which you know is really groundbreaking uh, I I would assume you know everybody would be at your door so can you share with us are, are there any movies or TV series that that you can uh, talk about that you've already done and and are available to watch and you know and we can sit down and watch and be amazed 
unfortunately I cannot I cannot share information on projects that we are working on. We have several projects in the pipeline. Uh, you know, the this is kind of like I would say the pros and cons of the business we're working on. It's the fact that it's also very highly confidential and copyright protected. So we 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 cannot we cannot share things until they're done and until they are you know until our customers agree about but uh, I would say a few weeks a few weeks a couple of months there's going to be a bunch of things out the door that are very interesting uh, that you'll be able to publicly speak about yes yeah so you know one of the one of the questions that uh, that that I have is is it's it's always a challenge when and I know your positioning. You started out by saying we really don't think of ourselves as a technology company, and I I completely get that. I I get that positioning, and yet at the same time, you know, you've just explained it's some amazing and very very deep um, technical roots. You know, so the question I have is is how did you go about building? I looked on the website. You have a strong advisory board. Um, obviously, you yourself are a serial entrepreneur your brothers have started companies. So it's a very, very strong team. And yet the media and entertainment industry is its own world as we, as we all know, you know, did somebody in the company have a lot of media and entertainment contacts? Um, did you have to go bring on an advisor? Like how did you begin to make inroads into this sector, which can be very difficult to do? Um, yeah. Drawer, drawer and I know that well. Yeah, we, we do. We know. So, <laughs> Basically, you're right. I mean, it's a it's a relatively closed uh, industry that uh, that requires you to you know to to know people. And uh, we were, I would say, very lucky and, and blessed to get introduced to uh, an amazing advisory board. Each person bring their own um, thing to, to to the table. But uh, I would say first and foremost, Emiliano. Emi, Emiliano Kamzuk, who served in the past as president of uh, Fox Television Studios. It was the first person, I would say, that, um, that basically opened the door for us into the entertainment world, more specifically. And Emiliano also introduced us to Kevin, Kevin Riley. Uh, Kevin used to be, until not long ago, the chief content officer for uh, Warner Media's HBO Max. So these two gentlemen together, first of all, you know, spend uh, time with us uh, and uh, share a lot of their experience. Um, they were, you know, these these are people that, uh, in their, you know, by their hands, sign up on on content that every person on the planet is familiar with. You know, from The Sopranos to Friends and 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 other things like this. So. Um, you can just imagine, you know, the, the, the doors that uh, open up when we have these people engaged in. If you go back to the different, uh, you know, articles that were that covered the company, I think there's a, there are many links in you know on our website. Uh, definitely the ones that, that came out uh, after the announcement that Kevin joined the advisory board back in January. Uh, you can read some of the the interviews with Kevin and, and the level of how much he believes in the company, and I think that goes to the level of collaboration, level of uh, of work that we have with these two gentlemen, and um, the amount of, of of confidence in what we do and uh, the vision that we have, uh, and also the amount of uh, of of how much they share with us with their experience and how much they help us, you know, find our path 
in, in this world. Sure, that's very important, uh, especially for a young startup to build a strong advisory board with industry connections that can really open doors. And uh, you've really done a fabulous job at this. So uh, tell us what's next. What's next for the company? Um, after, and this, of course, will take some time after all of the movies and TV series in the world will be dubbed with your <laughs> uh, deep dubbing technology. You know, that's phase one. Okay. Uh, so uh, what, what's next after that? I mean, uh, do you plan to do other things in the entertainment industry besides dubbing or even forge out into other industries? By all means. I mean, there's, uh, there's no doubt that the technology itself can be uh, put into, into work in so many ways. There's not a single week where I don't talk to several people from adjacent use cases or industries that would like to get, get access to the technology. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it's like every single week for the past half year. So there's definitely going to be a, a continuation. There are many things that we can apply the technology into. Um, in a way, I kind of like, you know, uh, laid it out. You know, it's like we're shooting for the Holy Grail, but once, once you get the highest quality, the most demanding type of, uh, of, uh, of product, then it's supposed to be relatively easy or easier to, you know, a little bit go to uh, um, the second level of, of demand uh, in the industry. So um, there's definitely ways for us to expand there. Uh, there are multiple markets that are still considered entertainment uh, and have very similar needs. Uh, you know, take gaming, for example, you know, gaming, Uh, there are multiple faces or multiple opportunities in the gaming world, but specifically, let me just relate to something that is just very similar to, to the film and TV uh, market. And that's basically, you know, just like, you know, take a, a, a game that has um, movies embedded in, in it. You know, there are multiple games today that have a, a cinematic level of video at the beginning and, some, and, and interlaced throughout the, the, the game itself. Um, and those require, you know, uh, localization as well. They require to be dubbed as well when you want to take uh, that game into different regions. But beyond that, you know, before we even step into the other markets, we have a lot of work on our side to increase our capacity. So you Yeah, because it doesn't scale that easy. You know, the, the way you describe the process, there is still uh, some manual work involved, which is per title, you know, per content, per customer. And uh, this means that, you know, in order to grow your capacity, you need to really grow the team that handles that content. First, we need to grow the team. That's, that's true. But we also are able to improve the automation. And we have ways of really cutting down the effort by, by, by half. And even more in the not so distant future, future. We already know the way. It's just, you know, it's just a path that, needs to, that we need to, to walk through. Um, So there is a lot of work that we are going to spend time there. We don't support all the languages. We can add more languages. So we're going to add more languages into the, into the basket. Uh, there's definitely an opportunity of adding uh, additional languages. Uh, you know, there's, like, there's regions of the world that don't have access to proper dubbing because they never have been a, a major market. You have large opportunities around the world Uh, untapped markets and 
I don't know if how much you're familiar with all the OTT market, all the streaming services. This is an exploding market. Yeah, we're, we're a bit familiar with that, yeah. right, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> a bit, yes, a yes. Bit. Yeah, somewhat. There you go. <laughs> so the, the OTT market is exploding. Content becomes global on a daily basis, more and more global. There is a total trend of globalizing content. And you see those, you know, streaming services. You know, today you have... You have businesses that all they do is just sell content by the hour. It's like you want to open your own streaming service um, somewhere in Sri Lanka or whatever. You can just buy a package of 3,000 hours and we'll stream it through your own brand, you know, your own branded uh, app. So it's like it's super easy to do that. But it all comes out in the same language, you know, English. When we assume that everything needs to be in English, but maybe it's not because, you know, books are not in English. Books are you know quote unquote dub they are translated so why can't we do it for entertainment content as well for sure for sure by the way do, do you modify the video in any way right now we don't not to say we're not going to do it but ah uh -huh. you said right now <laughs> got you <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so so that's another ah, plan we for got the future. it we got it we got to it modify yeah. the, the video <laughs> so the right. lips will will fit the the new language you said it but but yeah right now we don't I said. <laughs> yeah. okay uh, where are you in terms of funding? I think you, you, you raised your seed, right? So we are post-seed, uh, undisclosed amount. Uh, we are pre-A. We're going to start a funding round um, this summer or this coming summer, I would say. Okay, so it will be great timing for the podcast to, to be released just before you start your round so all of your investors can hear exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to, to a point you can say that, yep. I think uh, we're waiting for a lot of things to align as we are going into this, into this round. That's great. Well, um, really wish you the best and clearly what you've built, there's, there's a great need for uh, in the market. And, you know, it's really exciting because uh, there's so much content being created and you just said it, uh, OTT streaming services are hot. But, you know, it's amazing. It seems like on one hand, you wonder how many can really exist in the market. And yet, you know, another one comes out almost every week or every day, it seems like. And, uh, you know, they're not all Netflix or Disney Plus, but um, yet, you know, they all find their their niche and find their audience. And, um, you know, they're all serving and, you know, serving an audience uh, at the end of the day. So um, your company and your ability to extend content, you know, into other countries where they can enjoy, um, you know, just all this amazing content. But right now there's a language barrier uh, and uh, certainly subtitles can only go so far. Uh, so, you know, I, I was thinking, Dror, um, have you watched Money Heist on Netflix? Um... Is it a different title? Ah, wait a minute. You mean the House of Paper? Yeah, oh, okay. La Casa de Papel. Oh, okay. Casa okay. de Papel. Yeah, right, right, right. of course I watched Yeah, it. yeah. So amazing. Just just amazing series. Uh, and, you know, my wife and I enjoyed it so much. And the thing that blew me away was that it was dubbed, um, but the dubbing was so good that literally, like, even when I recall it, I... I I think that it was native English. You know, Mark, one of the interesting things is that um, it's challenging to bring dubbed content to the U.S. because the U.S. audiences are not so not so accustomed to, to dubbing, in a way. 
It's true. Yeah. So, you know, when you go to Latin America, you know, they're, you know, that's that they were so yeah, used to yeah. say it. But you go to yeah. Europe, you know, everything is dubbed. Yeah, Russia, for example. you go to the U.S., Russia is badly dubbed. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, exactly. uh, A single voice is dubbing everybody in real time. Exactly. <laughs> it's a voiceover, right? Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., it's also, it's, it's just something that's just started, I would say, re rather recently. And, you know, Netflix is obviously one of the key drivers there. Uh, with Money Heist, with uh, 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 Dark, with uh, Lupin. You know, yeah, yeah, Lupin is second awesome. Season. That's another one. I, oh, yeah, I'm so right. excited. Just came out. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a bunch of foreign content that comes in. And it, today, if you go to Netflix, there's like, I'm like, wait a second. Almost every other content is, is foreign. It's it's not in the, from the, it's not in English. It's not originally in English. Um, so sometimes you don't even know that it's not in English. Okay, so Oz, it was really... Uh, Great talking to you, and uh, we feel we're very lucky to have known you so early when you can't even speak about your first customer. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And, you know, yeah, two years yeah. from now, when you'll be a unicorn, and, you know, everybody will know, and we'll say, hey, listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's and right. They couldn't even say one name of a customer, and now it's like... So, so really, thank you uh, for coming on the Video Insiders podcast. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Oz. Absolutely. Pleasure is mine. Yeah, thank, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for, for, for more. You know, if you're, again, for everyone, if you're interested of more information, you know, feel free to visit our website, reach out to me via LinkedIn or via email. Sure. And uh, until uh, next time, we will wish everybody as usual. Happy, happy encoding. encoding. Oh, this time we, we need to wish everybody happy dubbing. Happy dubbing. <laughs> happy dubbing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Happy dubbing. Happy um, dubbing, everybody. Before your encoding. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the Video Insiders podcast. If you'd like to appear on the show, just send an email to thevideoinsiders at beamer.com. That's B-E-A-M-R.com with a brief description on what you're working on and why you think it's interesting for our audience. This podcast is sponsored by Beamer Imaging. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent.